0: Here's what's coming up on today's show.
1: When we do tax planning, you know, it's the seed and the harvest kind of thing, right? So you didn't pay tax on the seed, but you or somebody will pay tax on the harvest.
0: There are many factors that contribute to success, skill, good work habits, positive mental attitude, and of course, proper planning. So let's head to the drafting table and get this retirement success blueprint underway with Michael Stewart of Crystal Lake Tax and Financial. I'm your co-host, Mark Killian. Let's get started. Welcome into another edition of the podcast. It's Retirement Success Blueprint with Michael Stewart, founder at Crystal Lake Tax and Financial. Find them online at crystallaketax.com. That's crystallaketax.com, where they can help you with all sorts of different things when it comes to your retirement journey and your retirement strategy. And this week, we're going to talk about a piece of that, which is understanding understanding RMDs, kind of a guide here, a little bit just a, kind of a quick refresh or whatever you want to call it for retirees and the soon to be retired. So we're going to get into that this week on the podcast. It's late September and I really should be back in school. At least that's what Rod Stewart said on the classic song "Maggie May. What's going on, buddy? How are you?
1: I'm uh, doing well. Yeah, it's it's late September here. The leaves are turning, falls upon us. That's my that's my favorite time of year.
0: Yeah, I had to steal that from Chris Berman. I used to I watched a lot of SportsCenter growing up, and it just seemed like every uh, September he would use. Use that line from uh, from the classic Rod Stewart song. So I was great like, yeah, song, yeah, it is. I thought like, I'm going to steal it. <laughs> <laughs> what is it? It's not what, did, what what's it called? It's not stealing. It's borrowing from the best, right? True. That's what it is. That's what we're doing. So let's talk about RMDs, my friend. They, you know, they made a bunch of changes last couple of years. Uh, it was kind of the set number for a lot of the, you know, for a long time. Seventy and a half was. That weird 70 and a half is the thing forever in a day, it seemed like. But they've made a lot of changes. They can kind of get a little confusing. So let's kind of demystify and, and just share some good data here on what they are, why you need to think about them, or, or why you need to – you know, look for alternative ways to do things or whatever that case might be when it comes to the lovely, lovely RMDs. And a lot of people just aren't clear on why they even exist, I suppose, because often I'll talk to their advisors, Mike, all over the country and they say, inevitably, they've got clients, multiple clients that go, why do I have to take this? I don't want the money or I don't need it or whatever. So let's break it down. What is it And uh, why do you have to do it?
1: Yeah, no, the short answer for why you have to do it is because Uncle Sam wants to pay some bills, right? (laughs) They want their money. (laughs) Yeah. So what happens is an RMD is a required minimum distribution. So required means you have to do it. Minimum, there's a certain amount at a minimum you have to take out every year. And a distribution means you have to take out money. So RMD, a required minimum distribution, is the government saying – hey, now that you've attained a certain year of age and it used to be 70 and a half, then it went to 72, now it's 73. So if you're turning 73 this year, then you've got to take out your required minimum distribution going forward. And now if you were already Uh, you know, taking a required minimum distributions under the 70 and a half, 72 age, you know, from a few years back, well, then the 73 doesn't apply to you. You just got to keep taking it now. Um, And if you don't turn 73 until at least 2029, then 75 becomes a new. So you can already see it starting to get kind of, you know, convoluted. On, because it's a government program, essentially. Mm-hmm. So what happens with the required minimum distribution is the government says, you know, for the last 20, 30, 40 years, we've allowed you to save money pre-tax in your IRAs, your traditional IRAs, your 401ks. And then now before you pass away and leave it on to someone else, we're going to force you to start taking out some money, whether you need to or not. Now, for if you're already taking money out of your pre-tax accounts when you get RMDH, um, that's fine. You know, let's say you know you're taking, you got a million dollars, and you're already taking out forty, fifty thousand dollars a year just to supplement your income, paying the tax on it. Then an RMD is not going to impact you because it starts out at about three point six five percent every year. The percentage gets a little bit bigger, but basically call it around four percent that you have to take out. So if you're already taking that out, nothing's really going to change in the near term. But what happens with at least most of our clients is by the time they get in their early 70s, they've already got their cash flow kind of figured out. They know where their income is going to come from, whether it's investments, social security, pensions. And they're kind of mad that the government's going to actually force them to take out even more than they need to out of there. And for a lot of clients, it can actually cause a really big issue associated with bumping them up multiple tax brackets or making them pay more in Medicare with what they call IRMA, which is IRMAA, income related medical adjustment amount. So there's just a lot of things that happen that once you attain that age, if you haven't been proactive about managing that RMD, how big of a hit that's going to be for your income tax and your Medicare potential penalties, then it can kind of be a problem for the next 20 years of retirement thereafter.
0: Yeah. I mean, so They've changed a lot of things, right? So they moved it from 70 and a half to then 72, right? So now it's 73. And depending on your, you know, how old you are, it could be 75 later on. They also dropped the taxes. They're I mean, the taxes, excuse me, the penalty, which I guess is good.
1: Yeah, the, the penalty used to be fifty percent. So that means that let's say your Crazy. RMD was <laughs> was fifty thousand dollars. You know, you had to take out on there because maybe you had you know almost a couple million dollars in an in, uh, in IRA or so, mm-hmm. and you didn't take it out by the end of the year. Then what happened was your penalty was fifty percent. So if you were supposed to take out fifty thousand dollars and you didn't, mm-hmm. then the penalty was twenty-five thousand dollars, half you of that. Still number. had to take and
0: out the fifty, right? Yeah, and
1: you still had to take out the fifty and pay tax on it. So they've since, under the Secure Act 2.0 passed earlier this year, they've they've since dropped that down to 25%. How so gracious of very, them. Yeah, very, very forgiving. <laughs> yeah.
0: yeah. <laughs> so, you know what, you mentioned the number, Mike. So let's talk about that real fast. Cause I think many people, if you're not there yet, and I guess maybe we should clarify a couple of things. So if you're already taking RMDs, you're in the system, right? You're already rolling, so to speak. You're fine, right? You don't have to, this doesn't pertain to you because they happen every year once you get started, correct?
1: Correct. Yeah. Once you start taking let's let's say you've turned 70 and a half, you know, three years ago or right. so, uh, and you were already taking your RMD, then any of these changes don't impact you. Gotcha.
0: Okay. But you, let's say you haven't started yet. You're, you're not turned 73 yet, since that's the current number. What's the rate? I know it's not an actual percentage rate. It's a sliding scale based on, I guess, our longevity or something. i don't have you break that down for me real fast, but just kind of a quick average. What's the? Is it about 4%? That's what I hear on a regular basis somewhat for the first time? Yeah.
1: The, yeah, the IRS, you is based on life expectancy. It, it, it's something called the uniform lifetime table, and and what it essentially is is uh, your RMD is going to be based on two moving parts. So this table, you can use it as a, you know, a divisor. According to the table, we tend to talk in percentages just so it's let people understand percentages better than sure, you know, yeah. dividing a balance by 27.4, you know, that kind of thing. So, you know, so what happens is uh, they take that, let's say this is the year that you turn to 73, you know, so now you have to start taking your required minimum distribution. What happens is they will use the balance of your pre-tax retirement accounts from last year on December 31st. So December 31st, 2022 what was the balance of your retirement account. So well, let's say it's a $1 million okay. say, for the pre-tax accounts. Then in 73, the amount you have to take out is approximately 3.65%. So that 3.65% means that at some point before the end of the year, since you're now 73, required minimum distribution age, you have to take out $36,500 and it's gonna come out and hit your tax return. So whether you need it or not, it's coming out and to avoid that 25% penalty and you're going to have to pay income tax on that. Now, what happens at the end of, now let's flip the calendar to January 1st, 2024. Mm -hmm. Two things just happen. Now in 2024, you're gonna be 74 years of age. So the two moving parts are, instead of 3.65%, now you gotta take 3.8% because you're a year older. And if that balance is higher at the end of the year, you're going to be applying that 3.8% to a higher number too. So what happens Mm. typically, as long as your accounts are growing more than that, let's call it 4%-ish that the RMD is, is that your RMD keeps getting bigger and bigger every single year because the percentage you have to take out grows every year as you age. And the balance, if it's growing too the combination of those two just means that every year your RMD pretty much is getting larger and larger. Yeah.
0: Okay. All right. So, you know, we, we raised our daughter, Mike, on the life is a, full of choices. Make one. Like whenever something comes up and you don't get paralyzed and just make a decision, right? You're not always going to be right, but get the best information you can and make one. So many people will say, and, and the consequence, I suppose, of they'll go, well, I don't want the RMD. As I talked about a minute ago, I don't need the money. I've done a good job with the planning and the strategy and the saving. I don't need it. Right. So how do I avoid it? Well, you made a decision a long time ago when you put it in the you know regular IRA or 401k to keep deferring the taxes and to your point now the government wants their money. So how do you get around it? Can you get around it? And what do we do?
1: Yeah, no, that's a good question. I mean we we have a slide when we do our taxes and retirement workshop that shows kind of how this sneaks up on you, not only for taxes, but your RMD is where let's say somebody when, you know, they were 30 years old, started saving $5,000 in their 401k every year pre-tax. And then here they do, they work another 35 years till 65. And now they've saved, you know, $165,000 or so in uh pre-tax uh, account. So then they didn't have to pay income tax on that $150,000 plus, you know. But that one hundred fifty dollars has grown over 30-something years to like $600,000, But now over time, when RMDs kick in and let's say they're going to live to like 90 or something, um, then they're going to pay taxes on over a million dollars over that time frame because they took the $155,000 tax break. Because all that money on the back end, including what the beneficiaries receive, is going to be considered taxable. So when we do tax planning, you know, it's the seed and the harvest kind of thing, right? So you didn't pay tax on the seed, but you or somebody will pay tax on the harvest. So some of the things that you can do is, you know, for a lot of clients, if we've got three to five years, if not more, before required minimum distribution age, we'll start looking at doing things like proactive Roth conversions, where we start saying, okay, should we be paying a little bit of tax, take it from that forever taxed bucket in the IRA, the traditional IRA or 401k, and then slide some of that over into a tax-free Roth IRA. Now, there's a toll bridge in the middle, and that toll bridge is the government. You know, so if we're going to convert a hundred thousand dollars, now we owe income taxes on a hundred thousand dollars, or if we fifty or thirty, you know, whatever our number happens to be and makes sense to, so we pay the taxes now. But once it moves over to the Roth IRA, it's forever grows tax free. So over the next 5, 10, 20 years, that's going to be tax free for your use and tax free to the beneficiaries on the back end. Now that
0: that sounds fantastic, Mike. People, and that's what's been happening lately, right? People are hearing this, and there, and a lot of people are pushing this very hard the last couple of years, but it may not always be the smartest move and it's certainly not the smartest move to just wholesale go yeah get me out of the forever tax I want to go to the never tax you got to do this smartly you can't just dump it wholesale right
1: no 100% correct and and for some people roth conversions don't make sense at all you know we talk about it all the time you know we mentioned you know in most episodes you know, we have a tax practice in house too so you right. know taxes are inherently a big part of the planning that we do So for some clients, I'll kind of give you two examples of that. For some clients, you know, doing, let's say somebody's got a million, you know, million dollar uh, pre-tax account, they're 65, 67, so they're still a few years away. And we'll take a look at their income say, okay, what tax bracket are you in right now? You know, Mm 22%, 24%. How much more room do you have to still stay in that same tax bracket? So if we know our income in retirement is going to be at a certain level, then if we can stay in the same or lower tax bracket for later, then we might do a conversion just up to the tax bracket that we're already in because we know taxes are going to go up in the future. So we might as well take advantage of the lower tax rates now. What also happens is any of that money that we do a conversion on uh, isn't subject to an RMD in the future because there's no benefit for the government to have you take it out of the Roth because there's no there's no taxes due. You know, it's only the pre-tax stuff that they want to nail you on. Right. So, so the other things that we do is for somebody over 70 years old, uh, let's say you're charitably incli- inclined, you're giving to the church or you know charitable organizations, you can do what's called a qualified charitable distribution where you can give some or all of your required minimum distribution if you don't need it directly from your retirement account to the charitable organization. It counts as your RMD, but you won't wind up having to pay any income taxes on it. So if you were normally going to gift 3000 5000 10000 whatever it is to the charity anyway, you'd normally be using after-tax money. Why not give away part of your RMD for that? Now and on that the other satisfies
0: the satisfies part of it, right? To your point, so if you're using those numbers from earlier, or you said let's like a, let's say it's a thirty thousand dollar RMD that's due, uh, and you don't want to be that cheerily inclined, if you did give away let's say ten, you still have to satisfy the remainder, correct?
1: Exactly. Okay. And 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 another thing on, on that is you know who it doesn't make sense for. Like you know I know we're talking RMDs, but you know right. in in to reduce RMDs in the future to, when we're talking about Roth conversions, mm-hmm. you know as just one of many solutions. Who it doesn't make sense for is, let's say you've got three hundred thousand dollars right in in there. So your RMD is going to be nine ten thousand dollars, right? And you're already going to use that money for supplemental income anyway. That eight or nine thousand dollars, ten thousand dollars, isn't really going to blow up your tax return. It's not going to cause any issues. Gotcha. So there's no reason to pay 22%, 24 percent in tax today. You know, it well in advance of you know having to take out money down the road, which really isn't going to impact your tax return. Mm,
0: great points, yeah. And this is where it can get a little confusing, right? So there's a lot of little nuance. I mean, we can go look up the basic information of when we're supposed to take it and all that kind of stuff, and you know what it is. But it's the nuance of the strategy again, the puzzle piece from each, and or the puzzle, I suppose, that is each person. Uh, and their financial strategy that's important. So you covered a lot of my pieces on that last little bit there. Uh, any other kind of key points that we should just think about from the RMD standpoint so we could we could do some charitable uh, stuff and help try to satisfy it that way? We can look at doing some conversions to maybe lower that total amount down if it's the right fit for us. But ultimately, if it's sitting there and it's due, it's due, right? There's no other way. You can't just say, well, I don't want it too bad because <laughs> they, mm-hmm. they want their money.
1: No, exactly. And I think the biggest risks associated with RMDs, at least from a tax planning standpoint, is what is your tax return? What does your Medicare look like? What does the taxation of your Social Security look like once RMDs kick in? Mm. So, you, so you may have a great tax situation early in retirement, whether you retire at 62, 65, 68, whatever age you retire at. You may look at, look, I'm barely paying. I'm in single digit taxes after my deductions and things. I'm This is great. And then all of a sudden, because you've been a good saver and you've got substantial traditional IRAs, 401ks, all pre-tax accounts out there, now all of a sudden that magic age 73 happens. And when the government forces you to start taking out almost 4% of that every single year and making it taxable – that can cause multiple things. The three biggest ones are, one, it could potentially the RMD alone kick you into higher tax brackets? And it's one thing to know what the tax brackets are now, but what are they going to be in 2026? What are they going to be in 2030? If you look at government debt, probably substantially higher than where they are right now. Secondarily, at a certain level of income, whether you're single or married, instead of paying like right now $165 a month for Medicare, the RMDs alone could kick your income to a level independent of your tax brackets to where now you're paying $225, $350, over $500 a month for each of you for Medicare. And the third thing is when you start adding more taxable income onto your tax return, so now, you know, let's say you weren't taking money out of your IRAs and now the RMD forces you to, now more of your Social Security that maybe was tax-free before the RMD now slides over and now you're not only paying taxes on the rmd but you're paying taxes on more of your social security too so it's a double whammy that's why you want to be proactive and plan advance for your rmd so when you're sitting down with us or your advisor whoever it is say let's mock this up what does this look like you know based on our assumptions so when i hit that is this a
0: future tax problem for me and if so let's do something about it while we still can all right. Well, hopefully that provides a little clarity to the RMD situation. Uh, maybe it didn't. So we, we were going to keep it kind of simple, but I think we got into some good points, though. Uh, maybe a little further into the uh, the weeds than we intended. But again, it shows and highlights that there's a lot going on, a lot of nuance that can happen. So uh, if it provided clarity, great. If you're a little still confused, won't reach out to Mike and the team and have a chat about RMDs, especially if you know that you haven't started those yet and you're getting close to right now at 73, I believe. Is it's twenty twenty. For 2025, 20, that they're moving it to, 20, to 75, Mike. I can't remember which yeah, I believe, one they alluded
1: to. Yeah, I believe I believe it's a 2029. I believe. When, oh, it's it, that far it out. Okay. Yeah, yeah. They, they push it out because they're gonna they're gonna get the gravy for a while on the 73. Gotcha.
0: Okay, so if you're getting close to turning 73, make sure you're having a conversation with your financial professional about it. If you need some help, reach out to Mike and his team at CrystalLakeTax.com. That's CrystalLakeTax.com and uh, submit a question, drop a line, whatever you'd like to do. Let them know you need some help. And we're gonna wrap it up with an email question as we usually do. And we've got Tess in Naperville who says, Mike, my husband's 11 years older than me and probably has better genes, or I have probably have better genes, excuse me, than he does. Uh, so it seems likely that I'm going to be a widow for a significant number of years. What sort of financial planning challenges does that create for people like me?
1: Uh, Tess, this is a great question. And I, I could actually make this a very easy answer and say, just go back to listen to the last podcast episode <laughs> where we basically said, what happens when you lose a spouse? <laughs> right. Great point. But, uh, yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll answer this one for you. So, so some of the biggest planning considerations that you have. So let's assume you know you're good savers you've you've got retirement accounts you know you may or may not have a mortgage all those kind of things that's really where planning is going to come down just because of the inevitable difference you know we could all leave this earth tomorrow You know, but chances are if somebody's, you know, 10 or 15 years older than us, there's a pretty good statistical chance that they might go before us. You know, there's all other kind of health issues that could come up, but let's just, you know, be realistic, all things considered. So, Tess, one of the things that you want to do is start looking at the sources of income in retirement. So, one of those things are going to be like for Social Security benefits. So, you know, what is your husband's Social Security benefit? What is yours? Uh, Because you have currently a spousal Social Security benefit, but there's also going to be a survivor benefit. Option down the road. So, when that were to occur, when is the timing of when you would flip into the survivor benefit or claim your own? So, you know, that's a whole calculation in and of itself at that time, but at least know the numbers in advance. If your husband has a pension, then if he hasn't turned it on yet, then you want to know what the survivor benefit is on that one too. So, when you go to elect it, do you, would you receive half of that pension, 75%, 100% of it, or none of it? We've had second marriage situations, and Tess, I'm not sure of yours specifically, but we've had second marriage situations where the husband had retired had taken his pension, and only spouses can receive the pension once you pass with a survivor benefit, but if he wasn't married at the time when, when he claimed it, then the second marriage doesn't count mm-hmm. for the pension benefit, so the pension goes away even though you're now married. So you just wanna know those kind of things. And then take a look at your debts so you know things like do you still carrying a mortgage you know do you expect that over the next five ten plus years you're still going to have some debts out there you know it, do you have enough resources to to tackle that make sure your cash flow is fine you know we talk about plan b is plan a works when you know you're both with us plan b is does it still work when one of you is no longer with us because that might insinuate that we might need some life insurance coverage just to bridge those potential income shortfalls. So, you know, it's not a stock bond investment conversation like a lot of brokers will try to get you into. It truly is a planning conversation saying, here's our situation, here's where we are, here's the realities that we face, both good and bad on different things. And how do we kind of navigate those landmines along the way to make sure that you're protected in the end test?
0: All right. Great question. Thank you so much for listening to the podcast. Good conversation this week, as always, about different things that can happen in the retirement journey. So reach out if you've got some questions around today's topic, which was RMDs and all the little nuance that goes with it. Mike and his team are here to help at crystallaketax.com. That is crystallaketax.com. They are that one-stop shop with the CPA, enrolled agent, and paralegal, all on staff. So again, reach out to them and have a conversation. Mike, my friend, thanks for breaking it down. As always, great job. Talk to you in October. All right, I'll see you in a couple of weeks right here in October. It'll be uh, pumpkin spice everything uh, in a matter of days. So we'll see you next time here on the Retirement Success Blueprint with Michael Stewart. Investment advisory services offered through Sound Income Strategies LLC, an SEC registered investment advisor. Crystal Lake Tax and Financial and Sound Income Strategies LLC are not associated entities. Crystal Lake Tax and Financial is a franchise of the Retirement Income Source. The Retirement Income Source and Sound Income Strategies LLC are associated entities.